Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Body Green's Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well-being. And on today's episode, we are talking about hair color. You know, we don't get to talk about hair color too much on this podcast, but I am somebody who has been coloring my hair for decades, and I am somebody who is very, very interested in this topic. And I am so excited to bring on our guest because I've had the pleasure of being in her chair and visiting her salon. And let me tell you, the woman is magic. I love her work. You've probably seen it on a few celebrities. So without further ado, Abby, hello, welcome. Oh, hello, hello, Alexandra. So nice to be here, your guest in this uh, wonderful podcast. Well, I am so excited to have you. I, like I said, we have, uh, I, I have visited your salon before and um, I am a big fan of your work. We've chatted a few times, so I'm, I'm excited to introduce you to, to my listeners. And kind of on that note, I, I'd love for you to share your story and your journey into hair care. Um, how did you become a colorist? I actually started uh, my first uh, inspired was in my 20s when I was a model for a very talented photographer, Fadil Berisha. So I've had the opportunity to be interviewed in Pantene Pro-V since I had very long hair, big hair. But the only thing, they didn't accept me because my hair was very wrong colored and very artificially dyed. So then that's when my passion grew to be into the beauty business and specifically for hair color. What do you mean? Like what what was your... What was your hair color like? Why didn't they why didn't they like it? It was actually very long and very thick. The only thing I had very dark roots and I still have like some pictures actually in my social media and very dark roots, but I had a very harsh demarcation line. So I think it was a little bit of off and they were looking for something very natural. Although like I had very long hair and thick hair, I think having that color, it was just not a good perfect fit for like their commercial side of it. Okay, so that was kind of your t- first taste into the beauty industry and the beauty world. So what happened after that? You know, did you go and study hair color? Yes, I studied hair color. I was actually mentored uh, in L'Oreal Academy by my mentor, Nancy Braun. She owns a salon now. She was the first educator for uh, balayage. And I think I was very, very, very passionate to see hair coloring in a different level rather than just like basic coloring. So I wanted to really study like the foundation of the real natural hair dyes and pretty much, you know, to be expert. Yeah. Well, you know, everything that you have said about your journey into hair really speaks to your aesthetic now. I know you as this woman who just paints on the most natural easy, low maintenance, well, low maintenance for me, at least, <laughs> hair color. And, you know, it's it's really just beautiful. And like you said, very natural. And I'm curious about where that aesthetic comes from. Was that something that you were always drawn to? Yeah, I think by having this visual and photo modeling, because it's, I, I, you know, I grew up in Europe until age 17. And I did a lot of modeling in high school. And for me, it's pretty much beauty is like confidence, like seeing, seeing yourself, 
the overall beauty, not just like the hair to take the power. Especially color, you know, the color has a big impact. I think if it's too strong, it takes the whole beauty away from the face, from the body, from everything else. So I see, I see now, like when I see a woman, I want to see the whole thing, not just like the hair. No, I think that's such a good point because I do feel like, so after you colored my hair, for example, right? Like, I think I said to you, like, I just feel like myself. Whereas I've certainly had a coloring appointments before where I leave and it's not that I look bad or they did a bad job. It doesn't feel lived in, you know? Yeah, exactly. It feels like, you know, like the the nature, the, the sun did it to you, not like me doing it for hair color. Yeah. Uh, perhaps this answer, your answer to this question is obvious or you know maybe we've already said it but I do want to ask it to you what is your beauty philosophy I think beauty for me it's confidence I think embracing uh, self-care self-expression it comes from I think beauty comes with within you know beauty outside it's like we think we live the outside world but like if you don't feel great inside you like the beauty is not going to be nothing in the outside you know for me beauty it's confidence like I could tell like when a woman walks in it's confident. Like I'm just there to enhance her beauty. And the last thing before we get into, you know, some of the more nitty gritty uh, uh, questions about hair color, I do want to talk about your studio, your salon, because it is, I've been there. It's beautiful. It's so thoughtful. It doesn't necessarily feel like a hair salon in a lot of ways. Like it almost, it has like a home feel to it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm curious, you know, how did you go about designing it and setting it up that way because it has such a distinct point of view versus a lot of the other salons that I've been to. I'm so grateful that you mentioned this, Alexandra, and I think you being in the beauty industry yourself, I think it's very important for me to hear this feedback because being in the beauty business and being very selective myself as a woman to woman, I worked on these big salons and I, I I was able to be in tune with woman's feelings, especially specifically coloring is very emotional. I think for me, hair coloring is the less expensive uh, service for woman to feel a little bit different. So I think for me to have this studio, I was very well calculated as far as the lighting. We're living in a very digital world. Everybody comes in, you know, that I've done like top very executive woman besides celebrities, they have a high expectation of my expertise. So I always aimed, if I open a studio in a city, it has to be uh, proper lighting, high ceiling. And it, it. And now like being there, like the feedback that I hear from all these women, and I have do have a lot of international clients as well, uh, especially from different cultures, like Latin cultures, Middle Eastern. They're very reserved and very quiet. So for them, beauty, it's very selective. They don't want to be open to the public. They don't want to, they don't want no one to hear their conversation between the colorist and uh, themselves. So I think having the privacy is very, very important as far as my studio. Um, this is why I don't provide any other services as far as uh, keratins or nails, because the ambiance is very important for them, especially for me to dedicate myself to be. Because if I if I don't feel good, then I won't be able to provide the great service. So it's a it's all energy. 
to be honest. And I could see, I could see now when everybody, you know, I'm still kind of like involving my vision. Like I just painted the ceiling white. It was back because, you know, I rushed to take over the place. And now I see the difference. Like people walk in and they're like, oh my God, I feel so great. It's like, there has to be, the beauty has to be internal. Otherwise, you know, the outside is just going to be a bandaid over how they feel. Yeah. No, I love that. And you mentioned something that I just wanted to quickly touch on. You said color, hair color is emotional. And I do so agree with that because I feel like you can, you can like switch somebody's mood and almost like tweak their personality with color. Yep. I mean, it's, it's hair color really does touch an emotions in a really unique way. How do you approach that? I, being raised in Europe, and I think being bilingual, I have mastered the key that I have mastered to be a good listener, because I know myself, I was very sensitive to my own beauty. And like, I just, uh, I just have to have the space that it's going to give my client the space between me and her so she could express her feelings, how she feels. Most of the time, I could certainly 99% I could feel her emotions are being a little bit low. So I am there to give her my best advice. So sometimes if a client comes in for a lot of services, because she's being very impulsive to make that change internal and quick and fast, I'm the one that I have to listen really carefully and uh, tailor a specific different um, service for her so she could feel better, but not extreme. Does it make sense? It does. It does. Because I do feel like that is such a, I don't know, a classic scenario where somebody is going through perhaps some inner turmoil and they immediately go to, okay, I want to chop all my hair off and I want to dye it a different color, you know? (laughs) Exactly. So I'm almost like a half therapist. (laughs) I deal with a lot of emotions. So, but it's it's a good thing. But I think environment plays a big role because uh, it's a win-win for us to really communicate hundred uh, percent. So sometimes they, they get really surprised. And uh, like you said, where other big salons, I would not be able to tailor that specific uh, service for them. So now it's like I have three stylists on board and I'm always like, okay, you don't need the highlights. You need a very basic color just to enhance your beauty. But what you need is to get the healthy hair back. Like I just had a reason. Uh, I just had a scenario, actually, a client was getting married. Uh, on April and her hair is like overly highlighted and processed and I really had a commitment with her I said we have to take charge and do this the right way but in order for me to do this right way I need you to have trust so even though we did what we did and we had like all this conclusion that we're gonna do it after like two hours she called me back she's like I'm shocked I'm like I told you this you know like but it's a trust it's a trust that it's a it's tailored for long term and that's how I function in daily life for my clients. And this is why I choose the studio, which really uh, it's alignment, both energies versus me versus the client. I love that you said trust and trust is something that I remember we had a conversation about before for a story that I was working on. And you do have to form a very trusting relationship with your colorist because that's a very important relationship. They have a lot of power. (laughs) Yes, yes, for sure. So I want to ask you, how do you go about finding a colorist that you can trust? Like a lot of our listeners don't live in New York, right? Like they're going to have to go and find a colorist in their city, wherever they live, that they can trust and they can form these bonds with. So like, what are your colorist green flags, basically? I think for me, 
I always tell clients, since I have a lot of international clients, even the basic application of a single process with gray hair, it it, it makes a big difference how they apply it, what product line they use. My bi- biggest advice for them is to seek uh, not just the end result, meaning the photo, but like try to seek um, to do a little bit of homework, like what product are they using? Uh, how many years of expertise? Are they just doing color? Are they doing... For me, when I see a color that does extension, cutting, coloring, it's a little bit of... You have to be cautious. It's too much. But uh, for me, my marketing, it's my client base is specifically for coloring. So I always tell clients, do a little research now with the digital world. Seek their Instagram, not just the end photo, but like see how they do what they do. Uh, the technique. Who do they work for? Were they mentored by someone? These are the little approaches that I use for my clients when they go to someone else. And then on the flip side, do you have any red flags that, you know, give you pause? A lot of my clients now since, you know, I built myself without the social media. So, you know, now with social media, I get a lot of color corrections. So, because this is my expertise and uh, the, the, the most the most that I hear from clients that they say, well, she does balayage. And then when I see the photos or what they do, it's actually not the real French balayage, it's the foil. So it's just different. So I always say to the client, you always have to look at their uh, way of doing the technique, not just the end result. Yeah. Okay. You just said French balayage and how it's, you know, something very specific versus foil. So um, for those who at home who may not know the difference but are interested in balayage, what makes it unique and what makes it different from foil highlights? The foil highlights are different because they create a little bit more demarcation line, more it's more highlighted. Where balayage, it's also highlighting effect, but it's a little bit more soft highlights. Basically, you don't create a demarcation line. It's uh, more softer. It's just enhancing your natural beauty and works really well. And I think so far, like I have very international clients, they come in, it's like, oh, in four months, they always, their approach to me, it's always like, well, I didn't need the highlights. It still looks beautiful, but I just want to refresh it. So I created that pattern of client base that they always come in with beautiful, like my before looks better than the after looks even better. So it's, it's just consistent touch. It's a consistent, consistent vision. And that's another recommendation that I always tell my clients to build a relationship with the colorist and not jump in from one place to another place. Mm. Okay. So yes, this is another thing you and I have talked about is I feel that there is this big trend right now with colorist jumping or hairstylist jumping or even like esthetician jumping where people just hop around to different professionals and nobody like sticks with the same person anymore. And I mean, that can't be good for hair. No, not at all. I think even, uh, you know, I don't know if you heard this back in the days, but I worked with a lot of top leaders in the beauty industry. And uh, the most important thing that I always, uh, I didn't like the word, oh, it's my client. And I was a color director for a French company and I led the team and I've seen it all. And when people say my client, my client, you don't own the client. Not even the salon owns the client. The way you are successful in the beauty industry, it's if you are amazingly good and you're consistent at what you do. So same thing goes with the clients. Now, I don't have those specific clients. I have a lot of clients that are very word of mouth. They trust me. And 
they build commitment. So for me, if I see, uh, honestly, like if I have a client from social media or I found you on Instagram, it's a little bit of red flag because I always think that these people are always searching for the next one. And I think I highly recommend to build a relationship with the colorist because everybody has, even my balayage, even if I train people, they're not going to do what I do because I have a different vision, different touch, different placement. It's just, you cannot replicate that. Yeah. So I want to ask you about color trends in general. Like we know that color trends come and go. I feel like the for the past few months, people have been going almost darker, maybe a little bit warmer. You know, you're seeing a lot of copper hues. And I, I'm curious about what you're seeing and what people are asking for. To be honest, uh, the main thing that I attracted so far and lately even more, it's uh, going back to more natural look. And a lot of women are looking to enhance their own natural beauty. So I also have uh, another color expert that is a part of my team. She does woman 60 and above, which she converts people from color treated hair to more salt and pepper. So I do the opposite where people come in overly highlighted and uh, I create more healthy hair color. So that doesn't mean I'm, I'm bringing back everybody in natural state of mind with coloring, but I'm just bringing back their natural color as a foundation for me to highlight beautiful hair. Okay. What does that process entail? Because, you know, converting pe- somebody from overly colored down to more natural, like that can't be easy. Yes, that's, that's, it's a, the most challenging uh, work that I do. I do get those clients weekly, but I'm very, when it comes to, when it comes to this coloring process, I do that correction and I'm very black and white. So I pretty much say either we could work long-term or we could work step-by-step. So I tailor a little program where like, I just had, like I told you the story earlier, a woman is getting married. She saw one of my clients, she loved her color and she wants to be like her, her friend. So I completely took over, no, because I don't use the verb, the, the, the language of low lights and all this terminology, like beauty has involved. And I think a lot, a lot of clients are very terrified from that language, but I don't use any low light, but I just go intense and I create a really clean palette. It's almost like having a great skin and then the makeup is the color, you know, so I'm, I don't go halfway through. So it's a little bit shocking, but usually I feel the trust within like 10 minutes of my consultation and it's a commitment. So they do take that, you know, they do take that as a yes, but I know the end result are going to be amazing. And I know, and just, just the scenario, what happened with this client, the other client was sitting in the other, in the other side. She's like, Oh my God, just trust Abby. My hair never grew so healthy because of her coloring technique. (laughs) So it felt really good, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, when you are encouraging this healthy hair regrowth and, you know, getting the hair back to a healthier state, obviously a huge part of that is how you're coloring it. But then there's probably other factors that you educate people on how they're taking care of their hair when they're not in your chair, you know, and in between appointments. So what do you tell people when they're going through that recovery process? That's a very good question, actually. So I do tell them like you're spending so much money. So it's almost like a doctor, like I pretty much like I function like a doctor. I write very, very detailed notes and I tell them to come back in two months 
and I don't have a specific service for them. Like I don't pre-book people and say, hey, you have to come back for a gloss. But I'm like, I have to see you in two months and then I'll decide what I need to do. So my retail products are very minimal. I don't use too many products. I know what works. It starts from the colorist. So I try to keep their mind very less confusing. So I use the, I, I give them like uh, deep conditioning treatments at home and give them a program where they use less heat. And the most important thing, the hair is already damaged. So what we need to do is like uh, include services like haircuts, hair conditioning treatment and less heat. And the goal is to bring back their healthy hair. My, my ownership is basically taking their natural hair slowly, steady and slow and steady, if it makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. When you say less heat, I think that scares people because, you know, maybe they're addicted to their flat iron or maybe they love their blowouts. How often, like what, do you have like a, a set limit of how many times a week you can use a hot tool or, you know, how do you, how do you help people kind of wean themselves off the heat basically well let's see that's another thing that i work with so many stylists and i see the approaches of and i work with some of the best stylists in the beauty industry and what i love about the stylists that i work with it's uh they they're not into that perfect blow dryer where it's like so polished because it's heat it's a lot of heat so you want the hair to be healthy so when the healthy hair comes in you don't have to have so much heat in your hair but if it's really damaged and i travel the world and i've seen a lot of damage like in different countries because it's just it is what it is but i think heat I, the less heat you'd use the better is for your hair especially coloring because the coloring the heat changes the color it makes it more yellow, the brunettes. And then this is why it's a very, the way I operate, I, I, I educate clients, even the blow dry. I could do a blow dry in 10 minutes because the mid shaft, it's where the health of the hair is and the ends are where the frizz is. So I show them even myself as a, you know, like as a colorist, I'm like, try not to do it like this. It is, there's no such a thing like real polished hair. Like it's impossible because you're going to, you're going to damage the hair every day. Yeah. No, I think that's so. That's such an important point. Like somebody who has perfectly polished hair all of the time, that usually comes with it damage. And it's actually people who are okay with having a little bit of, I don't want to say messy, but like undone hair, I suppose. That's usually healthier. Yes, yes. I always say that. Like even this is why when I post social media, when I see, I, I, I post mainly and people like that, they appreciate that because... I showcase the real flow, like meaning it's not like that perfect photo because it's impossible. If you came in to me with a perfect photo, that's the first thing I'm going to say, Alexandra, this is impossible. This is like too polished. The hair, any color that it's going to look like this is going to look amazing. Yeah, no, for sure. So you touched on the idea of bringing a photo and that does um, bring me into what I wanted to ask you about anyway, which is how people can come to an appointment as prepared as they can be and be as helpful as they can be for the colorist. So the end result is wanted by both parties, because I do feel like there is some confusion on like how people should show up to a colorist appointment. What do you think is helpful for you? To be honest with you, this is the most important part of my education. So I have actually created this class that it says uh, the topic is pretty interesting. And I was invited to go international to teach this. Uh, it's called Tell It Like It Is. So basically the reason I created this is 
most of the time consumer, they have no idea. So I just hired a receptionist the other day. I was training her and I said, the consumer, they book the services, but in the end, I have to make the decisions what's for them. So example, like yesterday, I had a client in my chair. She had a beautiful reddish copper natural tone, but she saw the gray and she booked her service for balayage. So then I had, as an expert, it is my job to tell her the truth. This is why the topic comes in when I say, tell it like it is. I said, I don't think you need the highlights. What we're going to do, it's enhance your natural tone, make it a little bit deeper so you could camouflage the gray. And she didn't know. She was just lost. She's like, I trust you. And in the end, she was just so fascinated. It's a win-win because she didn't have to spend on a high service ticket. She had to spend on a baby step which is very simple, but very accurate. So this is where I gained the trust of many, many, many of my clients. So bringing photos, yes, because it's very imagination. A woman sees themselves in a mirror every day, so they don't know. They think they know, but they don't know. So I see, like, think of like modeling. So when I see her, I see her beautiful. And I see her like, how can I make her even more beautiful? Yeah, no. And I do think there is something to this idea where if you look at yourself every day, you don't necessarily see the true version of you. Like you see a very distorted version of you in a lot of ways. So true. It's so true. Like, I mean, I know this from my own experience and I, I've had every different colors. So now that I uh, I have my own natural gray, people give me the most compliment. And in my in my head, I would always say, oh, my God, I'm too young. Like I cannot. But I've gotten so many, so many compliments in my entire career. I've never gotten so many compliment, compliments more than now. And I think like it's stepping back and seeing people from far away. It's a better way of, you know, and this is what I do. I don't do anything else besides color. So I see the problems in a second. So that's how people can come prepared to have a discussion or, you know, figure out what they want for the end result. I'm also curious how people should come to their appointment in terms of hair quality. Like, should should it be clean? Should they be wearing their texture a certain way? I mean, is there a preference that you that you would like people to show up to their appointment in? Yes, absolutely. This is a very interesting topic because I think we are a little bit like everything else has evolved. Uh, in the health matter, like food and everything is, we are very conscious about like what we eat and with the digital information, people are more aware of everything else. So I think the beauty, uh, even though I've done so many different uh, protocols as far as changing the language of using in the beauty world, uh, hair coloring, when you hair color yourself, yourself, it's a different story because you're using a different product. But when you're using a professional colors, there are, you know, good products. I think it's very important because you're spending so much money in the salon services. The hair has to be super clean. Uh, the old the old terminology uh, when people come to me and say, oh, I've heard that my hair should be dirty because I'm getting my hair colored today. It's so wrong, Alexandra, because back in the days we used to use all these products with high ammonia. So, of course, you have to use the oil. <laughs> So now, like example, I use a, I use a very high product, uh, high quality product like the uh, L'Oreal and Inoa. And uh, I use the Davin is the Italian brand and uh, I have very exclusive product lines. So for me to have clean hair, it's the most it's a very win win. And it's very important because this is how you're going to have more 100 uh, percent coverage. The balayage will will create more pop because the hair is clean. 
So yes, the hair should be clean. Okay. And then when people leave your chair, you know, we, we've talked about how they can take care of their hair if they are in a recovery phase, but you know, just for like day-to-day color, color care and prolonging your color, what tips do you send, uh, do you send home with folks? What, what do you tell them to do? Uh, yes. So I do, I do give them a program, like I said earlier, that, uh, for them to come and see me in two months, just to see how everything, you know, cause people are a little bit confused when it comes to terminology. So when I say permanent color, they think it's permanent. It's never going to fade. It's not true. Even the non-ammonia because hair is fiber, you wash it. So it's maintaining that. So I am the person that colors the hair, but then I have to give you some tools to preserve the color. So with that being said, I give them a foundation of deep conditioning treatment to come back for a haircut. And mainly the most the most uh, challenging thing that I do, they get a little bit shocked when I tell them to wait as much as they can. So the more of their natural color comes in, the better it's for me and it's better for them. I love that. I feel like most colorists are like, Come in here in a few weeks and let's touch up those roots. But you're, but you are like, no, wait longer. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do say it, and you know, but that's what makes a difference on my uh, client relationship that I have, and uh, I love my clients. Honestly, they became like part of my family, and I've gotten, I've never really felt so good like to see that you know relationship with them, you know, and that's where my brand is is about relationship ex- expertise and mindfulness and integrity. No, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, from having sat in your chair and knowing your work, everything that you just said is very true of the experience. So I can definitely see it shine through. And I have this vision in my head that I know in the end, when people see her, and this is what I tell most of my clients is the best way to know you have a great colorist. It's when people start giving you compliments. No, absolutely. So I want to ask just about some more like general beauty stuff and, you know, more industry stuff. So I want to ask what what are some of the biggest mistakes in hair care and hair color that you see and why why are they mistakes? Why do you hate seeing them? Well, as a color director in salons and I've trained a lot of people, it's uh, being committed, not treating this profession really a serious job. And I think it has, I have a lot of structure. Like if I open my database, everything, like even if I'm not in the salon and you show up in the salon, the highlight is a little bit different. The balayage is a little bit different. My clients would not go to my team members because they know it's, you know, I this is my signature. But I do write every little detail, like as far as clients' uh, hair sensitivity, uh, the length, what is the struggle. And I think the biggest mistake is that uh, most of the people, they come back to me, even after, you know, they leave or something happens, uh, they come back to me because there's no consistency. And what I say by that, it's um, uh, stylists, they get very comfortable with a, with a client. They think, like I said in the first topic, that they think they own the client. And you are only good as long as you do great job in the last visit. So if I do a bad job on you, you'll never see me again, right? You'll have choices, especially now with the digital world. So I think a lot of stylists, they get very relaxed and they think like, well, I have a lot of clients. I'm the superstar now. I'm going to rock the chair and that's it. And But uh, coloring, specifically coloring, I think like my career, the the more busy I got into 
producing more clients, the more tension I had to deliver because, you know, it's now people are very selective. They see more like back in the days, you would have to go to certain salons because Abby is expert in balayage, but now there's more choices. So people have more choices. Yeah. I mean, your point about like, you're only as good as your last appointment. I love that. I think that's so true. I mean, how many times do you hear about somebody who has a long relationship with their colorist and then, you know, just one bad appointment is all it takes and they never go back. All it takes. I've seen it all. And I think like that's the feedback that I'm in tune with woman's feelings. So I'm always, you know, people like me would always have this pressure like, oh, she does celebrities. She does this. She does that. But I always treated everybody as a celebrity because I knew that if I don't do a good job, she's never coming back to me. So just because you do someone amazing, that doesn't mean nothing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Abby, I also want to ask about how you take care of yourself and your routine. Because I have met you, I know you have beautiful skin. So I want to, <laughs> I'm dying to know how you take care of your skin. What's your skincare routine? Oh, thank you. Thank you. I honestly, that's a very interesting uh, question because I've been asked by so many women lately. And I, I was even telling my daughters, I'm going to be an influencer. I was joking with them. So I have, I have two beautiful daughters. To be honest, I work with one of my clients, uh, Jackie Beer. She is dermatologist and I uh, don't do anything, anything besides sleep a lot. I drink a lot of water, so I don't drink any alcohol. It's good for you. Yeah, it, it's it, because it, I, I think my skin gets very inflamed and I think I'm very sensitive to... Uh, food and I eat very clean, organic. I don't eat out. So I use very basic. So basically my food, it's big part of my skin. And I think it's a little bit genetic too. My mom is 84. She's, thank God she's alive. And I think I'm going to age very gracefully because it's just seeing her 84. She's really like, she's aging very gracefully. Yeah. Well, and then just like, you know, taking care of it, your skin day to day with lifestyle stuff that, I mean, that just goes such a long way. It really, really does. But okay, your hair. Obviously, I have to ask how you take care of your beautiful hair. Yeah, my hair, uh, I've been every color. So when I was a color director, I would always have no time for nobody else besides, I mean, I would never have time for myself. So I would always have to go. Sometimes I would, I would even pay people to do my hair color because I would not be able to do it in my job. So one of the uh, the co-workers, she was like, why don't you let yourself go gray? It's you have a beautiful silver hair. And I said, that would be interesting. So, you know, it's pretty natural. All I do is I use sometimes purple shampoo. I don't use even anything else. And it's very, very healthy. I barely use product, like I said, back to healthy hair. I don't, I have the Dyson. I have the blow dry. I don't, I, I sleek, sleek it back. In the morning, I'm a very busy mom. I wake up in the morning before I go to work and open my own salon. So pretty much I let it dry naturally. By the time I start my day, it's just very, it's not a perfect hair that it's, it's blow dried. It's just like it, it, it's calm and perfect without, you know, because it's healthy. Like I don't need to hustle so much. Yeah. It's like, you almost like you can't worry about it. So you need it to be healthy and it needs to almost take care of itself. Yeah, exactly. So I think that I have a strong foundation, the food that I eat and everything else. I have very thick hair. So I keep it. I live by principle. The principles that I live, it's very ABC. So I like to have a very high structure lifestyle, you know, so sometimes even sometimes I don't know how I do it, but I do it. And uh, I think it helps a lot for me to be more 
in tune with my daily life. Yeah. Well, and then the last thing I want to ask you is how you take care of yourself as a whole. You, you know, you, you've already mentioned a few ways that you do, you know, you eat organic, you prioritize sleep. I mean, those certainly all fall into that bucket. But do you have any other well-being must-haves that uh, you have to fit into your schedule? Yes, I do exercise. I do. It's my uh, biggest uh as a hairdresser, which is very important for me to mention this, I think the lack of energy by hiring so many people in my life and just seeing like I, I have a lot of energy and the way I provide the energy to my clients is because I know I don't have an office job where I could go and hide and feel like, oh, I don't have the energy. I have to have energy. So how do I do that? Uh, yeah, I cannot sit. I stand long hours, so I must do workouts. So I don't do 45 minutes every day. I do half hour, any movement. Uh, cardio for me, it's like a lot of work because mentally I know I have to do like standing on my feet all day. So I just go 10 minutes cardio. Then I do weights. I lift weights a lot. And basically 35 minutes and that's it. But I have a lot of strength. I have a lot of power, even like blow drying. Sometimes I blow dry hair, but I move a lot. I move a lot and my mental health, it's pretty much, I don't meditate, meditate, but I kind of like meditate because I wake up very early at 5 a.m. I drink my coffee, nothing. I never, ever leave the house rushing. I have, like I said, I have ABC. So how do I do that? It's like waking up in the morning, drinking my coffee slowly. I see the city view. I I, that's my meditation. Like I review my day then I do my breakfast with my daughter. I talk to her. So, you know, as, as you get older, you become more mindful. I was always mindful, but I think at this point of my life, uh, I think I'm more mindful because, you know, I have to lead a team and I have to lead my family and clients and there's a lot for me, but it's, uh, I love what I do. So I'm never, you know, I'm never tired basically. Well, that is a great note to end on. Thank you so much for joining me today, Abby. I learned so much and can't wait to see you again. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.